at the Yingling Center we present to you now. And after the opener, you knew the Bulls were going to try and come out stronger. They certainly did on defense, and they were hitting their open threes. Particularly one player took over in the very first quarter. Harvey had no chance on that, so she steps off out of the inbounds pass for a three, well away from Neji, and she drills it 6 nothing. Good play right here. Off the inbounds pass, Harvey, that's the second time Sydney Harvey off an inbounds pass has popped open off several screens, and that'll work. Bulls lead it 11-2. Really interesting baseline out of bounds play. Harvey just passes it into her screener and then takes the screen and shoots a shot. Less than five minutes to go here in the first quarter. Ariel Wilson definitely calling the plays. Mononga free throw line over to Harvey, wide open from the left side, and she is feeling it right now, folks. Sydney Harvey has been uncontested. She has 13 points already, and it's 16 to five. Four and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. Sydney Harvey out of the timeout. Man, oh man, they keep leaving her open. Now she's getting some screens, but she is wide open for these shots and give her four threes, it's 19 to five. And credit Harvey for using the screens, right? She's running off them, she's fading away. It's Alabama State's having trouble recovering from the screen. Just on that first highlight, Harvey had gone up against their shot blocker on the other side, who is a new player for Alabama State, who happened to be Jada Neji, the Illinois-Chicago all-time blocks leader. She actually led the conference the Horizon two years in a row, and she had swatted a Sydney Harvey drive. Well, after that, Harvey stepped back and made a ton of threes. It was a 21-5 first quarter, so it wasn't just about the shooting. It was about the defense for the Bulls. The only issue they had last night was, well, with Alabama State missing so many shots, they did get a lot of offensive rebounds. In fact, 16 of them to just five for the Bulls. So that was a shocking number, one they're not used to losing. But they had a lot of other numbers fall in their favor. And oh, by the way, Alabama State got 22 offensive rebounds in its season opener against Mississippi State. Second quarter, much like the first, lopsided. Here's a little variety for you. Alvarez into Dulce Fanka. Menji knew, and that is more like it. That's what a sight that we think we're going to see a lot this year. An easy layup on a good entry pass, 23-7. to A great entry pass, and she kept the ball high, right? She used her height, kept it high, went up, pivoted, went up strong. That's exactly, but a great entry pass. Brazil Ooh. Watkins on her, gets it up to Maria Alvarez. A little stutter step and a nice little change of hands and a layup, a scoop shot for Maria, 25-7. to That was quick. Alvarez from Pinzon and a wide open three, and that's always going to go down for her. Maria with her fifth point of the night, it's 28-9. to Sydney Harvey's been feeling it all night, gives up the three with 38 seconds to go. Now she's going to shoot this one for sure. That looks good, and it is. Sydney Harvey has made five three-pointers tonight. She's on 19 points, and it's 39-14. to 14. Ooh, We're going to have to look up records, I feel like. Definitely doing that. <laughs> I know she hit six in the conference championship against UCF because I was there, and I'll never forget it. As far as her points total, she could be creeping up on that as well. 16 points in the first quarter, 19 in the first half. She and the rest of the starters didn't really have a chance to pour on the career-high numbers because of the nature of the game. Jose Fernandez pulled his entire second-half starting unit with about three minutes to go in the third quarter. And, oh, by the way, that did not include Elena Chinecki. He held her out. You'll hear from Coach coming up in our second block. But before we get to the third quarter highlights, i got to mention, and this is my apologies, and don't worry, we'll pronounce it right the rest of the way, Dulce Fankum Menjiadu. I've been saying Menjiadu. But however you say it, she is great. She had a 2-for-10 first game. You'll hear her thoughts on that again coming up in our second segment on what was going on there. But she turned it around and found a little combo 
with the another all-conference preseason first-team player underneath Betty Menunga in the third quarter. A shot clock inspired three that's off the mark for Emmanuel. Actually, not a bad-looking shot. Not at all, especially with time winding down. Good box out there by Dolce and good outlet to Lisa Pinzon. So oh, you better start. know if they were out-rebounded in the first half. They're going <laughs> to try and get discussion. all the rebounds. Oh, oh nice one-two with the bigs. Dolce to Betty. That looks good. I like that combo. 41 to 14. How about Dulce playing that high post there? A nice high-low game with Betty Monunga who did a nice spin. She found herself wide open. Good lead pass from Dulce. Dulce puts the high in high-low <laughs> because she is 6'4 and could really actually drop that down to Betty Monunga, which not many people can do. There's another high-low so, move. Wow. Okay. Dulce to Betty times two, and it's 43 to 16. So Alabama State in a 2-3 zone there. What is open in that 2-3 zone? Of course, Dulce flashing to the high post, that nice Dip pass from the guard, a pivot at the high post, and you're going to see in that 2-3 zone, the center has to come up. Betty Monunga can come over. She's wide open. Brilliant zone offense, if you will, there for the ball. Elisa pins on Ariel Wilson, the two-point guards on the floor at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I like that. I like that look. Necessitated by the injury to Elena Chinecki. Sydney Harvey, of course, on a career Ooh. high track. Oh, there's a block by Betty as Emmanuel tried to take her. Sydney up to Dulce and around a smaller player lays it in. That was beautiful work from Dulce. Thank him, Nanji. Do a nice sight there by Harvey to get it to her 45 to 16. You know, pretty athletic play. Dulce was off balance. A difficult pass to catch for a 6-4 post player. Nice spin move. Sydney Harvey's been open tonight. There's a three and she knocks it down. Sydney Harvey ties a career high for made threes with her six. And it's 45 to 16. She is Ooh. six away still from a career high in points, but she's getting there. Oh, I'd like to see t-shirts tossed out. You know, Coach Fernandez always says, where are the t-shirts? So I'm glad to see t-shirts. They're doing it this year. Every three-pointer, <laughs> men's and women's, you get a white t-shirt maybe slamming into your face. <laughs> they had a lot more threes and a lot more tees there on this second game. Nine for 25 with Sydney Harvey herself going six for eight. Fourth quarter is about getting some players on the scoreboard for the first time this year. A trio of them, as a matter of fact, including the player who was injected into the starting lineup for Atlanta Chinecki, the other transfer from Memphis, Ariel Wilson. Well, she anticipated that one, gets it right back on a bad pass by Alabama State, wants to drive in, underhanded, left out and score! Ariel show indeed! Sky's a little bit there and has a chance at a three-point play, make it 63-21. to Bermejo top of the key to Sarah. She's got a good mid-range jumper and she knocks it down. Sarah Guerrero looking all sorts of smooth. She was a player. Jose Fernandez really hyped up building up to the season and she's starting to look like it. 65 to 24. She looks very fit this year coming in. Uh, her condition looks great. That great mid-range jumper. Like Courtney Williams had a great mid-range jumper while she was here. So I'm glad Courtney's here to see someone else pick up in that category. With a minute and 12 seconds to go. Let's see if there are no more fouls. They really picked up in this quarter. Five on each team. Free throw is off the mark. See if the Bulls sort of back off on defense. Then again, you no, got players A that want to play hard out there. And Sarah Guerrero, as I'm saying it, has Bella to her left. Over to Miha, and she's going to take the layup and score. Lazic from Guerrero. A nice fast break bucket for the Bulls. Make that points off turnover number 29 to zip. Yeah, 29 to zero, 22 assists on 26 field goals, and a 72 to 37 win. Bulls were shooting above 50% until the very end. They just hit 4 of 11 in the fourth quarter, still 48% on the other side, 11 for 51, 22%. Next up, the Tennessee Volunteers Monday night, obviously, we'll preview that for you on Monday's show. Sydney Harvey, 22 points, 6 of 8 on threes. Dulce Fanka Menjiadu, 14 points, 
four rebounds. Betty Manunga could have easily had double figures in scoring. She was pulled early, eight and five. And Maria Alvarez was indeed the third leading scorer for the Bulls. Hit two threes and scored ten points. Elisa Pinzon, seven point six assists with no turnovers. Bulls got out-rebounded by nine, which is crazy, but... Outside of that, they dominated this game. A little of the post game from Jose Fernandez first on the much improved effort for the Bulls in game two against Alabama State. Came out of the gate the way we wanted. Sydney Harvey got us going. She, I thought we found her and she made shots. And again, just steady play from her on both ends of the floor. You know, Ariel Wilson wanted to get her time today, so she started. And I thought she really kept the ball in front of her. And defended. Got to play a lot of people. I think that's going to happen uh, on a consistent basis and play 13 people. But I was happy that uh, we were able to play Dulce the amount of minutes that we played. Again, she had those two fouls in the first quarter, and then she played that entire third quarter and played a lot of minutes. You know, the two backup wings played 16 and 17, and Marie and Sarah played without our leading scorer. You know, keeping uh, she sprained her wrist the other day. Uh, So she'll be back on Monday against Tennessee. Tennessee Volunteers up next. Interestingly, in their opener, they trailed Southern Illinois. Second half came back and won by 10. So kind of a similar situation to the Bulls' lackluster opener. And oh, by the way, Tennessee is playing UCF tonight in Orlando, which is curious. You'd think if they're playing UCF and USF back-to-back, they'd be in the, well, same state. But no, the Bulls are indeed going to Knoxville. In fact, I know this because we leave Sunday early in the morning. It's why I won't be on the mic for that, of course, women's soccer matchup, which we'll get to in a second. But here's a little of Dulce Fanka-Mengiadu, and I thought it was curious. She did look a little out of sorts in the opener, she explains, and then Sydney Harvey on her night having the crowd chant her name and listen to Dulce chime in on that. Everybody was hyping me out. Uh, because last night it was really bad for me. I wasn't focused as I should be, but this night I tried to be more confident about myself and I tried to prove them, like my team is that, yeah, they can count on me too, so yeah, it was amazing. I think it was all because of our defense. Our defense was a lot better than it was on Tuesday, and defense always leads to offense, so if you're getting stops, the offensive side will flow. Um, it feels honestly pretty great. Um, I love hearing that chant. Uh, my teammates are always doing it. Like, we might be in practice. Yeah. Shay did it in the locker room. Everybody, like, I think it just flows nice. So. How about that? Dulcie's teammates picking her up after a rough first game, and then Sydney Harvey feeling the love from the crowd. Unfortunately, the Bulls will not be back at home for more than a month. That's right. They go to Knoxville on Monday, then it's the Bahamas, then a couple of road games along with a long break in there for exam. One of those teams, they will play on the road. That's kind of like the unsung tough part of the schedule is Texas Arlington, which had Baylor within eight points at halftime at UTA. And again, that's way down the road. Next up is the game against Tennessee. Saturday at noon, meaning 11.30 pregame, Bulls will host Georgia Southern. The Eagles are off to a 1-0 start. Defeated Ball State game was tied at half. Ended up winning 82-71. to They've had to replace a lot of players just like the Bulls. He came to Georgia Southern off of Chris Beard's staff at Texas Tech. They went 13-13 and last year. But, and does this sound familiar, had to replace nine players. Now, they did have six different players in double figures against Ball State. But Georgia Southern, with all the uncertainty, was picked to finish 11th out of 12 teams in the Sunbelt Conference, not to be confused with Georgia State, which was picked to win that league ahead of Louisiana. So, of course, Jim Lighthall, Joey Johnston will have much more intel 
on the opponent, starting with that pregame show at 1130. You always hear from head coach Brian Gregory and the assistant coach who has the scouting report for that particular game. Now, while that is on Bulls Unlimited, yours truly will be at the corral for volleyball going up against Memphis. And this is the game I pegged, and hopefully I'm right, for the first conference victory of the season for the Bulls. They fell to 0-15 in the league last night. Really put a scare into SMU at possibly forcing a fifth set. The Bulls have done it once this year, losing the first two sets and coming back to force a fifth. In fact, they did it against Memphis, but last night dropped the first two by scores of 25-19, 25-20. Won the third set, 25-20. We're down 19-14 in the fourth set, tied it at 20, only to have SMU pull away with the last five points. Tizzy Pouillis was outstanding. 18 kills, just three errors. And Martis Fitkovic also had a double-double with 14 kills and 17 digs. Of note, they went with just the one setter last night, Kelsey O'Laughlin. That has been sort of a changing approach for the Bulls, and she steadied things with 41 assists. But the Bulls will be taking on Memphis again at 1 o'clock. Memphis, as I just told you, a team that the Bulls took to five sets last night played over in Orlando. And, well, the Knights are 14-1 and in the conference. They beat them, as you would have expected, in straight sets. But Memphis does have five conference victories. Overall record is 12-15. and 15. And really, before last night, which you kind of have to toss out because UCF is just that good, the most important point is Memphis won three of its last four, and its one loss was in five sets to Cincinnati. So Memphis is actually playing pretty well right now. And remember, at the end of the hour, we have the conference show around the American. We'll give you the full outlook, including what happened in that second men's soccer semifinal. But women's soccer going up against NC State Sunday at 1 o'clock. Hopefully you can make it out to Corbett Soccer Stadium. NC State, a team that is 8-8-2, but again, has played an amazing schedule, being in the strongest conference, arguably Pac-12 would be the one with the other argument, but the ACC all year long at times had four teams in the top six. FSU was the number one overall seed, and get this, the other two teams that have resided in the top five all year, Duke and NC State, yeah, the Wolfpack beat them both recently. They started off 0-4 in the conference, did the Wolfpack, after a 4-2-2 start, and they played highly ranked teams like South Carolina, like West Virginia, like Georgetown out of conference, Penn State as well. Then they stepped into league and lost their first four, but all by one goal and three against ranked teams. So they took down Duke in Durham, North Carolina, and the player that did it is definitely the player to watch out for in this game. She is unbelievably good. Second team all-conference performer, but when you realize how loaded the ACC is, to make second team ACC is really good. Jamise Joseph, she is a sophomore. Eight goals, that game winner against Duke with 19 seconds left in double overtime on the road got her going. She would score in each of the next two games, both wins. The second one was a win against the other highly ranked team, North Carolina. Now, in both of those games, they got vastly outshot basically by triple. So it's not like they dominated the games. But to beat Duke and North Carolina, yeah, you're probably not going to vastly outshoot those opponents. After the win against North Carolina, they actually lost two of their last three. The only win came against winless Syracuse. So they are beatable for sure. 
but they pulled off some notable results. And again, the 500 record is kind of an anomaly. If they were playing in a mid-major conference, they'd probably have a record more along the lines of what the Bulls bring in. That is 12-3-3. Sidney Nacello, I said, was on WDAE. If you want to listen to the whole thing, you can go to their website. But I love this exchange. I could not agree more with Sidney's approach here. Sidney, as a former football player, and Jay got me into soccer, uh, one of the things I cannot yeah, stand is, is flopping. And I, I watched your highlights on YouTube today. And There's you, no flopping And there. you don't go down for Jack. No and I want to appreciate you for playing the game the right way. Once again, where's that mentality coming from? Because when I watch soccer, I see people falling and riling. <laughs> you don't do that. Where does that mentality come from? Yeah, I think I think we have a goal, and the goal is to win the game. And a lot of people will tell you that men's soccer, they're just a bunch of wusses <laughs> spend more time on the ground <laughs> than they do actually playing the game. And it's so frustrating to watch, and I know that I cannot stand watching that. Good. So I'll never be the type of player to do that. Um, so I kind of just want to pop back up. And again, my size, I don't want people to think that I'm, I'm easy to knock down. So I try not to make a foul more than it is. It's just, it's just a little rough housing. It's a contact sport. Um, and if you don't want to be touched, then I suggest maybe playing something <laughs> and don't play soccer. I love that. I love Checkers, it. chess, Jeez. maybe something <laughs> like that. She's a pretty cool kid if you want the whole interview, 953WDAE.com. And again, the game is 1 o'clock on Sunday. The Bulls, if they win, will most likely be going to Tallahassee, although Florida State has to win its game against South Alabama. But they would play the winner first in Tallahassee of the Saturday matchup between Pepperdine, which is the number four seed in the region, and South Dakota State, both those teams with just three losses on the year. Of course, we'll tell you more about one of those teams on Monday's show if the Bulls win on Sunday. Again, if you could make it, that's great. If not, they're going to video stream it on GoUSFBulls.com. We will not have a broadcast on Bulls Unlimited. Also on Monday, we'll tell you how tennis does its rounding out its fall schedule. A lot of its players, in fact, its full singles lineup will be participating at the UNF Fall Invitational this weekend in Jacksonville. The Gators are in this event, so are the Knowles, Clemson, UCF, Tulane from the conference, Auburn as well. So that is some stiff competition for the Bulls. Cross Country is going to take part in the South Regional. Talk about a big event Friday in Huntsville, Alabama. Remember, the Green and Gold World Series continues at the USF Baseball Stadium noon on Friday. If you want to check it out, Daniel Cantu, the offensive star, a homer, a double, and three RBIs as his team prevailed 4-2 to in the first game on Thursday. Didn't get a chance to make it out there, just too much going on. And also, men's golf officially welcomes the number three ranked Swedish junior golfer, Nino Palmquist. Incidentally, the women's basketball two new additions, Jose Fernandez, spoke to me on the pregame show about almost casually dropping in that they've added the top ranked point guard in Europe, Spaniard Marina Manosa, along with the player we told you about yesterday, the potential future center for the Bulls, Emma Johansson. So, yeah, a lot going on. 